Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Richard Geiger, Ken Seymour, Dos Amigos for you. Dos Amigos. Um, the Three Amigos was kind of in this time frame that we're going to be talking about. Almost. A little, or, or a little early, but um, that was live action and... Um, we're Some dealing of these with things are not, yeah. No, none of these. Actually, in the, in the time frame we're going to be talking about today, we are going back into the history of comic strips and comic books in television. And the three years we're going to cover, not a single live action show. Now, that's not to say there weren't live action shows playing at this point in syndication or whatever. You know, we talked about some other shows previously. Mm -hmm. We talked the year they come out. So some of them were still going at this point. It's yes. just they had no new ones started in this time Nothing period. fancy and live action for a bit. Right. And as always, we will pepper in a handful of movies that didn't make it into our history of comic book films because they were animated. But we still kind of want to mention them because they did make it to a theater, even if they weren't a big theater item. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, we're going to start with one, and it's the only one in this grouping. Um, are you excited? I mean, what I'm looking at right here is <laughs> really... Um, a tip-top picture show. Yeah. Well, I, I can't help it. It's, it's Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown is just, at least with the Christmas special and the Halloween special, that's that's memories. I don't remember this at all. It's called Bone Voyage, Charlie Brown, and don't come back. Uh, maybe it's because it was so early. This is still right at the edge of about when I started paying attention as a kid to what I was watching. Uh, and what gets played nowadays is really just those few specials, right? right. So yes, same animation, same people. But like I said, this isn't really what we're talking about. We just wanted to mention that it was within this period of time, um, and it was one of those things that came out. But you know, it is what it is. Let's let's instead of talking about the uh, the dog and his somehow mostly bald friends. Uh, we are going to talk about a cat and his one tooth. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we've talked about this particular character at all yet. I don't think so. No. So um, most people think about an animated orange cat and they think Garfield. Garfield, yeah. But before Garfield, there was Heathcliff. Mm -hmm. And the difference between Heathcliff and Garfield is Heathcliff uh, supposed to have a little bit of attitude, a little bit more, while, while uh, Garfield's more mildly sardonic, Heathcliff is more uh, more uh, sarcastic and kind of tries to be cutting. It didn't really work very well. <laughs> um, he does wear a leather jacket. Well, yeah, and the little, little thing that you see on IMDb. But uh, if you look at the original comics, they started about in 1973, created by George Gately. Um, and it was silly. If you, ever, if you ever read the comic strips, they were fun. And uh, it's, a, you know, it's about a cat trying to be tough that wasn't really tough. But, you know, that sort of a thing. And it, and it, was, it was silly, and it was, it was good. Um, I did enjoy Garfield better. But uh, that didn't mean much of anything. Now, as far as the television series goes, this is one. We're getting into the time frame where I actually, like I said, I was starting to watch some of these. Uh, maybe just before 
when you started, really. Yeah. Um, I know some of these things I watched, not when they were released, of course, but uh, they were on the televisual for me to watch. Now, one fun thing, Heathcliff, voiced by the king of voices, Mel Blanc. All the, all episodes. All of the episodes. And he's he he was amazing at all of his voices. And he was the one reason, really, to want to watch the show. But along with Mel Blanc, you got Henry Corden to do the voice of Clem in the show, too. And Henry Corden's just another just kind of legend in the industry from that time frame. So it's just kind of crazy having the two of those uh, work off of each other. You got Frank Welker doing a, a, a voice in the show. That's the one that I really recognize right there. Yeah. Did, did you hear he just um, retired? So no more Decepticons. Mm, yeah. Not, no more. No more of any of that. That's kind of kind of sad. But uh, you know, just all in all, the show was adequately drawn, and you know, from my memory, it, it didn't exactly. Um, amaze me as a kid but you don't have to be amazed with everything it was it was fun it was silly um very simple uh episodes all wrapped up in a 30 minute period nothing to it yeah i i know that i've seen some of these but i couldn't begin to tell you anything about them because it was such a long time ago yeah it's it was it was all very situational like i said it was always it was always heathcliff trying to show that he was tougher than everybody and then succeeding or not to varying degrees it was it was okay it was fun um i do like how uh the character that frank welker voiced was dingbat yeah <laughs> uh good memories but uh fading very fading memories yeah, at this absolutely. point um so you know that this is if 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 we're going to recommend things for you to go back and watch Eh, at least for me, this isn't one of them. If you run across this, it, kind of amusing. I would rather watch the old Mary Melody stuff than anything that was in this group. Yeah. Um, but in the same period of time, we got uh, introduced to another comic strip character in the form of a cartoon. Now, this one's interesting. Um, at least I think it's interesting. Uh, this is based off of uh, Warren Kramer comic strip that came out in 1953. 1953. We've actually talked about this character before because mm -hmm. there were live action films made about it and this is talking about Richie Rich, the poor little rich boy. The poor little rich boy. Um, yes. Yeah, so just following the antics of a spoiled, rotten little kid with unlimited resources and what he does with those resources. Now, this was made... Which I, I'm sure we'll get into, you know, episodes down the road. Uh, this was a live action show um, for a while, for a little while. Who? Oh gosh, who did this? Was this um, um, Home Alone? Was that him? Was that who did that? Did the original? Uh, well, I thought he did the movie variant. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So yeah, it's it. It was made into a movie, and it was Macaulay Culkin, and it was. Eh? And then the sequel was not Macaulay Culkin because yeah. <laughs> he knew better. Yeah. Um, or maybe he aged out of it. I don't know. His agents knew better. Yeah, some, somebody knew better. 
Um, but yeah, so this this comic strip I never found funny, not once. It was also made into comic books. I mean, a lot of comic strips were. Heathcliff got made into comic books too, mm-hmm. but it was just it was more like a, a a short form amalgamation of multiple strips rather than a longer story. You know, like you could go at one point to Walden Books and whatever and buy those compilations of you know twenty years worth of whatever comic strip in a single book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same kind of concept, just uh, not quite so many of them. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the thing that's interesting about this particular um, show isn't the show itself. Um, in fact, as I pull it up here, it says Rich Rich slash Scooby-Doo. Slash. Because that is one way it was released. But that wasn't the only way it was released. It was released on its own. It was released with Scooby-Doo. It was released with at least three or four different combinations of other cartoons to try and keep interest in the half hour or however long that they had because not all of the episodes were all that long. Well, they had to try something because uh, probably wasn't uh, everyone's cup of tea. Right. Yeah, so, I mean... If you look again, we got uh, Frank Welker doing voices again Mm -hmm. in all of the episodes. We got uh, um, rather interesting thing is you just kind of have to look at when they when they when they do these itemized lists. It's not it's not great because they they mix the two shows together. Like they got Casey Kasem as Shaggy. Well, yeah, he was. Yeah, in in Scooby Doo. But he was he had no voices in Richie Rich. Um, Sparky Marcus uh, did the voice for Richie Rich. And you might know Sparky Marcus from such amazing hits as uh, The Man with Two Brains. He yeah. had a five <laughs> like five minutes in that movie. Yeah, he made his, his, he made an appearance for you know put his face on. You know that you know that awesome original seventies film, The Bad News Bears? Mm, yes. Did you know it inspired a television show? <laughs> Twenty six episodes. Though. Well, this 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 gentleman, Sparky Marcus, was one of the Bad News Bears on the television show. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> so it's just kind of this person had actually quite a lot of um, quite a lot of stuff. Some credits in there, right? But it's just. Oftentimes, not quite what you would expect. Showed up in WKRP in Cincinnati, I saw in there. Yeah, I mean, Eight is Enough did a little little episode there. Starsky and Hutch. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, go back to the, uh, the, the listing of the voices for this, because further down the list, there were some good ones buried in there. So if you look, you got Optimus Prime in there for eight episodes. Yeah. Um, the thing that, I, that caught my attention here... Oh, if you keep going down, Rick Dees was in there. Now, if memory serves, Rick Dees was in Scooby-Doo. Not not in the Richie Rich. Not in the Richie Rich. Um, But, um, yeah, because the Richie Rich didn't get what I would call a lot of special voice actor guests on it. it. It was clearly... For anyone from the outside, and this isn't meant to be offensive in any way to the people that made it, but it was clearly not going to do well. 
It was just an idea that was never going to resonate with kids. And, I mean, I get it. Every kid wishes that they're going to be rich. But ask an adult what a kid's going to do with money, and that's not what the kid's going to do with the money. So they've already kind of lost yeah. as soon as they've written the, the show. So it just didn't work. Scooby-Doo is, is timeless because it's just they found some secret formula yeah. <laughs> in order to make it work. I don't know, maybe a, a deal with a, a nefarious power. But well, uh, Scoo- just like the Scooby Doo voice, I think is is just part of it. You know, and his and the mannerisms and the one liners. I think it just, you know, I, I think the cast of characters as they were, and this the 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 formulaic part every episode where they pull the mask off at the the person at the end. And you're like. Who was the bad guy the whole time? You know? Right, right, exactly. And and you knew it was all going to be just kind of wrapped up, and that's why the supernatural crossover of Scooby Doo is one of my favorite supernatural episodes. Yeah. Uh, mostly animated. If you've never seen it, Richard, you should check it out because it is just it is even if you've never watched Supernatural, it's fantastic. I mean, is it in like season eleven, episode twenty four, or it's close to the end? Yes, yeah. it's in the last season. I mean, there's like fourteen seasons of that show, with, you know, <laughs> 30, 30 episodes a season, or whatever. You or know. maybe not the last season, the next last. It's either the next last or the last season, and it was it was worth the wait. My lord, so good. Um. We're only going to talk about one more that came out in the year of 1980, and that's going to be Super Friends. Now, the reason that I even list this, we already talked about the Super Friends, but they kept repackaging it over and over and over again, just changing it up just a smidgen, really re, um, re-showcasing the original shows, maybe making just like one or two more. Uh, adding one or two characters or whatever, and they just did it again in 1980. So it's not really worth rehashing over all the same stuff, other than the fact that I loved it. <laughs> I was okay. Was Aquaman riding around on his seahorse? He was still on the seahorse. Well, we'll get to see that in live action in a couple months. Yeah, I, I don't know what to make of that. I, I want to be excited because it's a comic book film, and I, I really do like their casting of Aquaman, but at the same time, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's still kind of a holdover from the previous DCU, so it's mm-hmm. just... Well, the first one made a billion dollars, so they had pretty much free reign to spend money and see what would happen, even if this one only makes like $200 million. Yeah, it definitely didn't uh, crap the bed or anything. No. No, but this one. Just somebody in it. Yeah. uh, (laughs) She's back, though. (laughs) That's what I heard. Uh, uh, Anyway. (laughs) You're so clever. I I know I'm funny. Well, she's got to work. She's got money that she's got to give to someone else. (laughs) Yeah, okay. We probably better stay away from that because we don't know anything. (laughs) Yes, we don't know the details. (laughs) We don't know the details. Other than the poop. Uh, it's, it's hard not to laugh at that, though. It's such a ridiculous little detail. Well, let's go into 1981. Was I was seven? <laughs> yeah, 81. Yeah, it's three. Yeah, so so I was not. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure I watched some of these things. Well, I was just gonna say nothing says Christmas like BC 
a special Christmas. <laughs> yes. A comic strip with just nominal interest. Now let's do a Christmas special. Yeah. It's another one of those like, okay, who's real? As a kid, who? what kid read BC? No kid cared about that at all. As It's clearly aimed at adults. Yes. And I... As an adult now, I like cartoons that are from things before. Like, I like animated things. Yeah. You know, if they're done cool with subject matter, whether they're more kid-friendly or adult-friendly, I like watching cartoons about uh, comic books and Star Wars. And, shoot, the last thing I watched on TV was an episode of the Harley Quinn show, right? So it's a cartoon. It's animated. A little bit more adult themed, of course. A lot more adult themed. But um, as an adult, I like watching cartoons. Yeah, I would probably not watch this cartoon. Yeah, but well, I mean, back then to to take this and then clearly gear it towards kids because at this point there were just not uh, adults watching animated Christmas specials unless it was for their kids. Correct. Maybe some Disney things, you know, maybe a little Charlie Brown. If the Charlie Brown one was out then. Was that out then? I can't remember when that was. I think it was. I think, I think we talked, talked about, about that. that yeah. Yeah. Um, but BC was created by Johnny Hart in 1958. It's been running ever since, and it makes what I would call some funny bits. I actually did like BC on occasion um, as a as a older, uh, you know, uh, preteen, teenager, adult. But a lot of his stuff just skewed super, super religious overtones and stuff. Mm-hmm. And at that point, just lost me. It's like, nope, done. Get out of here. Yeah, I think this was in, at the time, it would have been the South Bend Tribune. I think this was one of those that was in there. Because that, that paper, we would get um, multiple pages of comics on Sundays. So it would be a whole section and there'd be a front, a back, an insert. So it'd be like, you know, a full folded with one insert on the inside. So there'd be multiple pages of yeah. comics in it. So um, I would pull that out in addition to like the Target ad, for example, or other retail ads and look what was the toys and stuff. But I would always look at the comics. Yeah, my, my big thing is just kind of, if I want to read the funnies at that time, I want... Generally speaking, nothing religious, nothing political. I want to just have some goofy, silly stuff. Although my taste changed, I started to appreciate the political stuff a little bit more as I, as I got older. I nothing else though. <laughs> was more of a far side and uh, Calvin and Hobbes type of person. I I, I liked Outland a lot and uh, Bloom County before that, mm-hmm. uh, and I did like Doonesbury. Once I started understanding the politics, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty funny some, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Pretty flat a lot of the time. Yes. But, uh, yeah, but uh, I, I never appreciate, no matter what, you know, just keep, keep religion out of the, the strips. Um, but this is B.C., so, you know, this, there's no religion. unless you're written by johnny hart yes (laughs) oh fun but uh yeah so that that there was that the uh the special had some uh some decent little um 
voices for it. Um, Bob Elliott, I don't know if you're familiar with that particular name, but it's uh, one of those older actors that was in quite a number of things, you know, just for the most part, little bit roles here and there. But it's one of those guys like, oh, I recognize that guy. Now, he did have one big run. He uh, was on Get a Life in 1990 to 1992 as Fred Peterson. I don't even know what that show is. You don't know Get a Life? Maybe I need to get a life. Wait a second. Is that Chris Elliott? Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's like, oh, very nice. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a small thing. I figured I had to bring that one up because Chris is one of those people who I really, I don't know why, but I just always like him pretty much no matter what. Even when I know it's like, God, that's awful. I'm still laughing. Oh, I, I still enjoy watching A Little Cabin Boy every now and then. Even though, really, ultimately, that movie isn't funny, it is funny, <laughs> right? Right. Few few people will, will appreciate it, but I still think it's I, I, there's a humor to it that's... It brings a self-reflection because it's like, why do I find this funny? I can't... That, that joke is terrible, but I'm laughing. Yes. Why am I laughing at yes. this? And it's just got to be his delivery, but you know, that, that is what it is. But uh, yeah, some 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 small fun stuff there. That uh, that'll take us to uh, a bunch of people uh, sitting around rocks in the Stone Age to uh, somebody that throws rocks through windows. Mm, yeah. So uh, Dennis the Menace had a television show that ran for a couple of seasons, or not a television show, but a, a movie, I should say, uh, in 1981, May Day for Mother. Um, I never really liked Dennis the Menace all that much in animated form. I enjoyed the comic strip. Um, yeah, the comic strip I, strip I get behind. Yeah. Hank Ketchum, uh, 1951. And it because it, I think what I liked about it is it, it was one panel. Just kind of, or if it was any longer than that, it was like three. It was just in and out, done. Super to the point. I'm, kinda, I'm a troublemaking kid at the end. Yeah, and there wasn't a whole lot to it because it wasn't a long, it wasn't a, a long joke style, and I don't think it translated so well to, again, to animate it. But, you know, they kept trying over and over. Well, I mean, there's so many iterations of this thing nowadays, right? Right. Um, is he is was the neighbor Mr. Wilson? Is that what am I thinking of? Or that is correct. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Wilson. Um funny thing, Nicole Eggert voiced Margaret in the film. This is pre running on the beach. Yes. But uh just kind of uh one of those weird little things that you see. Um, I mean, the other the other names uh, are also all fairly big too. Um, Jim Hackett um, was just kind of like a narrator style voice, and if you don't know who Jim Hackett is, you need to pull out your uh, pull out your um, history. Again, he is just it's not somebody you know him know him, but just like. I know that guy just because he's in a couple of different things. Yep, shows up a little bit everywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, I always enjoyed that sort of stuff. Um, 
<laughs> There's a guy named Larry D. Mann that did Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson. If I'm going to have a name in the 60s, 70s, and 80s uh, as an actor, being D. Mann <laughs> would be pretty awesome. Yo, Larry, you're you the man. Now, the funny thing is, this guy actually did have quite a lot. He's got 177 different um, productions. He was involved with either live or voice. Late in his life, he was on Hill Street Blues for a good run. Uh, but he had uh, a bunch of uh, voice. He did voice work for Pink Panther. and uh, Wow. Apparently, he was a major character in Police Surgeon. <laughs> 1972 to 1975, man. Police surgeon. Wow, that's uh, <laughs> an interesting and very specific topic to cover. Okay, I've got an idea for for a show, uh, Ronald. What are we going to do? Well, this, this thing. This guy's a policeman, but he's also a surgeon. Okay, what are you going to call it? <laughs> Maybe he was the one who was the surgeon for all of the officers if they got hurt. I'm, i got to assume so, maybe. Yeah. He was in it for 53 episodes, so it, he must have been doing, show must have been good enough to stay on for a couple seasons. Well, just like the adventures, the new adventures of Pinocchio from 1960 to 61, he's somehow in 130 episodes of that. How do you do 130 episodes in one year? Or even two. Of Pinocchio. Of Pinocchio. <laughs> well, my nose got bigger again. Oh, That's a lot of lying. That is a lot of lying. <sighs> okay, well, that's uh, <laughs> that's Dennis the Menace and Mayday for Mother. Um, I never watched that one. Now, this is the best right here. The Kids Superpower Hour with Shazam. Now, talking about oh. repackaging stuff, this is still the old Shazam cartoon. With kids. Well, they, I mean, Shazam could be just And family. Kids. But this is a combination of animation framed around live action people in costumes doing hijinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Doesn't that look awesome? <laughs> How long did this go for? Oh, Three two, seasons? Uh, <laughs> two seasons. Oh, it's two seasons. Okay. <laughs> wow. This character's name is my favorite character name of uh, anything that I've seen so far. Kate, are you? I want you to hazard a guess what this character's name is. Oh, man. She's got a big smile on her face. Yes, yeah, she does. Sure. Um, Cap Captain Smiles, Dirty Trixie. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Dirty Trixie! <laughs> it's that big smile. It's like I bet you're dirty. <laughs> what in the wait? Wait. Oh, I'm guessing she, she must have been the the antagonist in some way, shape, or form. But I mean, this is like early '80s, so. I mean, I I want to hope that maybe she just when she ate food and um, she got it all over her face and then threw the trash on the ground, so therefore she was dirty and her name was Trixie. I don't know. It just seems oddly suspicious, you know. Um, 
I don't know where this came from. Uh, but the same voice actors that, that you'd be expected for the, the Captain Marvel. Barry Gordon doing uh, Captain Marvel Jr., among others. But, uh, yeah, Billy Baston by Burr Middleton. That's a Rex Ruthless. Yeah, I don't know Burr Middleton from much of anything. But, uh, yeah, it's... Something that probably wouldn't translate well to today's television. No, but I love the I love the uh, Captain Marvel character and that family. When it's done right, it's it's always campy. Uh, but when it's done right, it's, it's really fun. Um, I don't I don't think I ever watched this particular show. I don't. I would think I would remember Dirty Trixie, uh, but uh, <laughs> I don't remember this at all. She was in the most episodes. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Got to get got to get my mind out of the gutter there for a minute to talk about in this time frame maybe my most favorite of the cartoons that uh, this is what really helped to hook me to become a comic book fan to begin with. I mean, my dad got me comics when I was young, but this show. Uh, and its transition. The first part, the one that was only for a season, was kind of okay. But as it transitioned to the one later, done. I wanted to watch every episode, and it was the best. And I am talking about Spider-Man. Speed-driven. 1981. It started as just kind of an individual um, animated series. And, you know, it was all the normal... Spider-Man villains and stuff that you would expect um, for the most part. And the animation was okay. It was not the best in the world. But it still had this like charm to it that was uh, a lot of fun. Um, and you were able to get um, you, you were able to get a lot of really good voice acting from the cast that they got out of it. Um yeah, I mean, all in all, I was really kind of, uh, really kind of happy about you know how fun the show was, and I you know I kind of enjoyed it, but it's when it switched over to Spider Man as Amazing Friends, Amazing Friends, yep. That's when it's like okay, done. The original Spider Man show only lasted a year, but Spider Man as Amazing Friends had three seasons. I think I've seen more of that than the uh, the other one well and the animation quality picked up dramatically between the two shows for one you added in a couple more really interesting characters that initial jingle that 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 theme song that would play was just so much fun and the, you know the uh the transition that they would do from one scene to another this kind of mm -hmm. sticks with me forever plays in the background of my ears but the best thing about it, you know, a lot of these shows, these early shows, it's like, oh, if you got a guest star, it was rare. Something would happen. But you got all sorts of guest stars in this show. I mean, yeah. You got, of course, Captain America popped up. The X-Men would pop up. Doctor Strange would pop up. The Submariner would pop up. And just all, all these characters that would just end up showing up. And it was so cool. I just think that it's interesting the friends that they chose. 
right? Like, why those characters and not any other characters, right? Like, what? what why them? Well, one, I think, was a rights thing, uh, probably, so that they could get a hold. They had a, a certain amount of flexibility. They could get Iceman. Mm-hmm. But Firestar was not a comic character. Oh, made for TV. That's correct. And much like uh, previous characters that were really popular in the show, they were so popular, they were brought into the comics because it's it's just so, so kind of amazing. Again, Frank Welker did Iceman for the entire run. Dang. Okay. So that was was really cool, getting that. But uh, what was um, Dan Gilvazen? Or Gilvezon, I always mispronounce that dude's name. Um, he's actually, you know, another kind of voice for everything. He's Bumblebee. Bumblebee, okay. So yeah, the, okay, that makes sense. Now, now that you kind of picture that in my in in your head, like I know what Bumblebee's voice sounds like, and like, yeah, oh yeah, that's 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 Spider-Man. that's Spider Man. <laughs> and it's just kind of, you've got these these. Major voices for the ages, um, and I uh, I love that they give Kathy Garver uh, uh, credit for Angelica Jones. You remember which character Angelica Jones is? No, it's the dog. The dog. <laughs> Twenty four episodes. Oh well, you know, you got to have them, but uh, it's just. That's not the only voice she did for the show, obviously, but uh, it's it's rather amusing that the she did Firestar as well. I seem to remember and Storm. It looks like, dude. Yeah, but uh, but you're right. It, in at least in this one, I think one of the the things about some of these shows is getting to see the characters that you like, but then the characters that you don't get to see very much make an appearance in an episode here and there, right? You yeah. know, if you if you have, I saw on there a Colossus, like, okay, cool. You got an X-Men uh, showing up to do random things on a Spider-Man TV show. Like, that's cool to me. Um, the fact that they have... Fantastic the, Four. Fantastic Four. They have Doctor Doom in there. It's not it's not that they're just throwing in a bunch of Spider-Man bad guys, right? These look like all the other ones that you're getting from Captain America and Fantastic Four and X-Men, right? You're getting a conglomeration of all of their things, and they're bad guys, too. Yeah, it was, it was so much fun. I have this memory. Um, oh, there's Daredevil. <laughs> I have this memory of one of my favorite episodes that they did was... Uh, it had, uh, it actually had a bunch of different characters all just kind of crammed in. Like, Name Where the Submariner was one of them. Um, some of the X Men were others, uh, but it was just uh, they were all captured at this house, and traps were set specifically for each one of them to, to you know, do whatever. And they to all counteract their specific powers, except for Spider Man. <laughs> He wasn't expecting Spider-Man for some reason. <laughs> and so it's just like, all right. You should have been prepared, my friend. Uh, you would think that it's his show. You, <laughs> this is the one guy that you should remember. 
Oh man, it was it was so much fun. I love that show to death. And uh, oh, the sound effects whenever Firestar would would fire the pew, pew. I, I can't even do it right, but it was just it's the sound I hear in my mind whenever there's a laser anything. Oh yeah, yeah, like that's the thing you picture. Yeah. So yeah, that is uh, 1981. Uh, all of the television shows based on comic strips and comic books. Obviously, we didn't go into the origin of Spider-Man because we've already done that multiple times. Yes, in other things. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you already know it's a comic book character. Um, let's uh, move on from that very exciting thing to uh, something less exciting. <laughs> in 1982, yeah. did you know that there was a Family Circus Easter holiday special? And I'm sure it was thrilling. <laughs> Talking about uh, comic strips that were like one panel. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, if you're not familiar, Bill Keen in 1960 came out with Family Circus, and it was just kind of a slice of life living with a bunch of kids and an animal and the the crazy thing that would happen in a single panel. And, oh, you, and it's, it's how you make that into any sort of – Special, I don't know. Well, it, I, I think that comic panel was in probably, oh my gosh, hundreds of newspapers across the country. Oh, yeah. So it was syndicated enough to be popular. So they kind of figured, hey, well, you know, how many how many millions of people see this little this little snippet? Why don't we try something that's longer than that? And... What a success it was. I, I, yeah, I never saw it. Uh, the one thing that's worth noting, Dizzy Gillespie did the voice of the Easter Bunny. I see that. Pretty uh, pretty funny. Um, but that's about all that's worth mentioning about it. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's instead switch from one orange cat to the second orange cat. Yeah. Here comes Garfield. Um, here comes Garfield is like the test run to see if Garfield would work as a show. So it's not it's not like um it's not a show, it's just a TV special. So it's a one shot, but it's also not like Christmas or whatever related. It's just okay, let's see let's see how this'll do. Will this work? And the answer is yes. Yes, and it worked really well, especially since you get Henry Corden to come back and do voices for it. Mm -hmm. The guy that could do voices for pretty much anything. You got Sandy Kenyon doing John Arbuckle. Uh, and he's who I think of for John Arbuckle, but uh, he's a, a fairly well-known actor. It was just in a ton, ton, ton of stuff over the years. Um, a lot of, you know, guest appearances here and there, but um, yeah. He was in some movies, too. I saw that he was in an episode of Airwolf. That was really fun. Were you an Airwolf or a Blue Thunder person? Airwolf. Yeah, me too. That that chopper looked so much better than Blue Thunder. Blue Thunder looked like it got you know welded together from some leftover carnival materials. Yeah. <laughs> Airwolf was sleek. Exactly. Yeah, it was so Smooth. cool. Smooth. That's right. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's one of the individuals on Garfield that's worth mentioning. Uh, now, Lorenzo Music did the voice for Garfield himself. If you're not familiar with who that is, 
Yeah. He is a writer. He's a writer. For the new hard show. Yeah. Uh, Rhoda. He did Rhoda. So, Smothers Brothers. Yeah. So it's it's kind of funny. He's a, goes, you got to sound like this if you're going to be Garfield. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and you got to love lasagna, of course. That's, that's right. That's just a given. Oh, man. So anyway. Um, so Jim Davis was the writer of this one. Where's Jim, yes. Where's Jim Davis from? <gasps> He's from Indiana. Really? Why, yes. I tell you what, he, he milked the Indiana connection in, the, in Indiana. <laughs> or maybe he didn't do it, but other people were really proud of him being from Indiana. Very proud of him being from Indiana. Yeah, that. I got to admit, he, he came up with a comic strip that really should have been awful. I mean, just god awful. But it wasn't. It was still fun somehow. Mm-hmm. And I think it played on. It played on certain aspects. The easy one, uh, of course, is if you were a pet person and you owned a cat. It played on that type of relationship. If you were a pet person and you had a dog, certain types of dogs, of course, yeah. it played on that type of relationship as well. And then if you had neither of those, it still was a success because you just saw the interaction between the two. Yeah. And the fact that the human wasn't really, was just kind of the bystander in in all of this and that the cat was the main thing. Yes. I I mean, I wouldn't have a cat, but. Now, if you've never seen this, you should read Garfield without Garfield. Garfield. So what somebody did is they took a bunch of Garfield comic strips and removed Garfield from it. And it's just John talking to himself. <laughs> it, it takes on a completely different tone. Uh, yes, I could see that. <laughs> it's, it's on occasion somewhat frightening. <laughs> is it because you're wondering what the mental breakdown is? becoming that's exactly right because because john's always got that look on his face he's kind of sort of looking like he could be optimistic but he's talking to thin air and just and then there will be a frame where nothing happens because that's where garfield's supposed to talk but he's not there yeah and he's just and then he might just turn and leave the room (laughs) (laughs) it's just like uh it's it is um it is a, a a very different read Yes, I could I could one hundred percent see that because, I mean, if you have a pet, you talk to your pet all the time. But when re- reality, the pet's not talking back to you, so you're having a conversation with nothing, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Your dog might understand you a little bit, and your your cat might understand you, of course. But now I, I know we talked a little bit uh, uh, a, a little ways uh, back about Richie Rich. Well, Richie Rich. Had a show in 1982. It was the Pac-Man Little Rascals Richie Rich show. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And desperation's starting to sit in here. They're trying really hard. Uh, And that's just one version. I found like four or five other combinations of Richie Rich with other stuff trying to force it to work. Uh, He he also wears like a sweater with an R on it, doesn't he? Yes. 
real proud of that first letter, I guess. Well, it's the, he's got two of them. Why didn't he have two on his sweater then? Uh, yeah. Last name only. Yeah. Didn't have enough money, I guess. <laughs> now, we talked about the Incredible Hulk cartoon previously. Uh, they repackaged that in 82 as well. Wee! <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, but let's end with the last really new one that we've got for you. This is a... Uh, this is a beloved comic strip that started in 1968 by Tom Wilson. If you're familiar with comic strips, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're not, uh, then I'll tell you. And if you're in an empty room with a, a, <laughs> a, I don't know, a plant or a pet that's listening, uh, let, let's assume it's a pet. Get down from there. You're not allowed up there. That's not your food. Uh, we're talking about Ziggy. I like how it's published by American Greetings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what what feels more like a Hallmark card than a Ziggy anything? Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Like, just the simple nature of his happiness. Yeah. It's um, maybe too happy. Well, I mean, if you look at the person that made it, he spent 35 years running the American greeting cards. And all you had really all you have to do is take those those two sentences they're on half of those cards, but then move them from a thing that's got a picture of a cake and just put a goofy looking human in front of it and you have yourself a comic. Yeah. Now this is not a television show. It's again, it's a special, which proved that it should not have a show. <laughs> Twenty four minutes, Ziggy's gift. He gets to be a street Santa on Christmas Eve, but he works for a crooked boss. Mm. But the magic of the season allows the lovable loser to do more good than anyone expects. Oh, my God. Um, Looks like he's brushed his teeth with candy canes there. That's Or worms. I can't quite tell. Well, leave your breath minty fresh so you can't fault him for trying. Yeah, it's um and they didn't even get really okay, so voice actors, there's there's a lot of voice actors, they have certain star power, maybe not certain star power. Um we see Frank Welker again. <laughs> He's the dog. He is the dog. Uh, <laughs> but in terms of the ones that maybe voice the characters more frequently, um maybe they went low budget on this one. Yeah, well, uh, I I must admit, I never saw this. I don't really feel motivated to go find it. No. Um, but uh, I'm sure there were some people that were, I don't know if I could say thrilled. I don't know if Ziggy can inspire thrill in anybody. Uh, Mildly. Pleased? Yeah, there we go. Pleased that it got made. So it's, uh, whoo. I'm not saying it's a stinker because I don't know. I haven't seen it, but just looking at it, it's a stinker. <laughs> yeah, probably not for probably not for everyone, unless you were a hardcore Ziggy lover, would be my guess. Yeah. All right. I'm seeing that the uh animation style is vintage Beatles yellow submarine quality. Yeah, like real cheesy. Cheesy movements and cheesy drawn characters, but they're all the same style as Ziggy, though, so that's that makes sense. Oh, yeah. 
It's a big sin, though. <laughs> this is, wow, it's disturbing. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, that How takes us. No. That takes us through 82. Uh, so the winner of all three years, uh, let's say uh, Spider-Man is Amazing Friends. Yes, for sure. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, as we, as we chug along through these years, the thing we're going to find, much like when we did the movies, is we're going to get more and more concentrations of these shows that are going to show up on a year-to-year basis. And we're just going to get to a point where we can't even do an entire year because there's just so many cartoons that have kind of sprung into popularity, especially like the last 20 years. It's just going to be, there's going to be a lot to review. Yeah. We're only picking up steam right now. Yeah, and this, uh, we really want to be able to give you a little something other than just saying, hey, this came out, we didn't watch it. <laughs> I mean, we were too young to watch most of these things unless they showed up in syndication somewhere, and a lot of these things did not. Yeah, uh, for obvious reasons. But, uh, well, what do you think, dear listener, in this three-year span? Did we miss anything important now? We would love to hear from you. You know where we are on all of the social media that we have. We are on ugh, X. Uh. Hey man, <laughs> X, you know, go to go to uh, go to the page. X gonna give it to you. That's for sure. X X marks the spot of the moron. I swear. Um, yeah, it's only. I mean, it it's there. We have a thing, and you yeah. can look at stuff and whatnot exactly but we are on occasion on uh uh facebook and on instagram and i'm i'm my, i am uh, new year's resolutioning early to try and be a little more on facebook to let you know what's going on it's been a very busy time for both myself and my esteemed co-host uh yeah a lot of things behind the scenes that have been happening preventing us from doing the things that we've been wanting to do to regale you with the absolute best of the best but I'm going I blame to, Starfield right now. So Yeah, we can blame that. I don't think that's really what's doing it. No. There's... I can't even dedicate enough time to Starfield to really enjoy it. No. But uh, we're, we're going to see what's going to happen. And uh, uh, join us next week with uh, our amazing new episode where we – Yeah, actually, I'm not going to tell you because it's uh, we, we're still deciding on a handful of different it's things. right in this hamster wheel. That's here. right. That's right. But uh, we got some good – we got some stuff that works. We got some new interviews coming up hopefully here soon and some other fun stuff. And But just uh, keep with us, and we appreciate you listening. And, of course, should you feel a hankering, pop over to Patreon, support us for a dollar a month, you know, and put a smile on our faces and 70 cents in our <laughs> pocketbooks. <laughs> we can buy a new cover foamy pad for this microphone. That's right. We can always do a little bit a little bit more. But enjoy yourselves and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>